Welcome to the Book Basement Podcast, where I, Santi, talk about books five times a week. On Mondays, you can expect a longer interview, book review, or other book-related content. The rest of the weekdays, I share a book quote I found interesting and break down its meaning. Join me as we learn more about books, their meanings, and get some amazing reading recommendations along the way. Let's get right into today's episode. It's always annoying being in a conversation and not feeling heard, validated, or the complete opposite, and arguably worse, being in a conversation where the other person is doing all the conversing. If you want this to change, here are some of the lessons from Patrick King's How to Listen with Intention, the true foundation of true connection, communications, and relationship. I'm going to break down some of the topics which include validation, conversational frames slash goals, and levels of listening. Let's get right into some of these conversational tricks. Conversational frames. Firstly, you may be asking, what is a conversational frame? Quote, a conversational frame is bigger than the people inside the conversation. The frame is set by the broader context, the shared history, the unique relationship between the people speaking and how conversation fits into all, end quote. In simpler terms, a frame is the goal and orientation of a conversation. There are almost an infinite amount of conversational frames. To name a few examples, solving a problem, exchanging information, complaining, talking for its own sake, or sharing advice. Most commonly, you need to match your frame to that of the person who you're speaking with in order to go anywhere. King shares some examples of why mismatched frames usually make the conversation uncomfortable or disorientating, such as a customer calling the technical helpline of a company and instead hearing the agent share personal grievances or a friend that wants to have a relaxing time on vacation and have it be accompanied by idle chit-chat, while the other friend wants to talk about deep philosophical conundrums. If your conversation ever feels awkward, frustrating, or stilted, it's most likely due to a mismatch in frames. So, next time any of the above symptoms show in a conversation of yours, notice it and try to align your quote conversational goals to that of the other person. This way, you both get a satisfying chat and one person doesn't end up with the short end of the stick. Levels of listening Five different levels of listening exist, some serving a helpful purpose while others are more obsolete. Level 1 is ignoring. Rather straightforward, this is when the person listening can't be asked to pay even the slightest bit of attention to the person speaking. This shouldn't be used. It is bad practice. If you're ignoring people who are speaking to you, then they'll find themselves extremely frustrated at your lack of attention. Quote, it's like being served a tennis ball over the net and letting it roll away without even looking at it, end quote. King adds. Level 2. Pretend listening. As the name implies, pretend listening is acknowledging the idea that someone is speaking to you by giving off nonverbal and verbal cues that you're zoning out or thinking about something else. Quote, we know we probably should care, so we make a show of it, end quote. The only good thing about this level is that it's better than ignoring the speaker. That's about it. It's improvement, but not substantial improvement. Level 3, Selective Listening. Here's when we let our self-absorbed mind that's in most, if not all of us, take control. We're interested in the conversation to a certain point, where we stop being interested and, quote, retreat to our shell of self-absorption, end quote. To cite a similar example to that in the book, say that a friend comes over to you saying that they can't find their homework. Initially, you're interested in helping and listening, up to the point where they mention that it's a computer assignment, a class you find particularly easy. But it's just a computer assignment you say or think to yourself. Quote, that's selective listening. When the talk is going our way and resounding with our values, everything's great. But when we hear something that strikes us wrong, 
we check out. Level 4. Active Listening This level, for all intents and purposes, is generally considered good. What distinguishes it from the past years is that you're giving your speaker your full attention and listening to every detail they provide. However, where this approach starts to taste a little sour is when it comes to how you solve the problem at hand. Active listening takes an analytical and problem-solving perspective, which can be helpful under certain circumstances. However, it is not what most people are looking for when sharing their issues with someone else. Personally, I think I use and take this similar approach to conversation, meaning I try and solve the problem first without taking into consideration emotion. Quote, While the other person speaks, we're comparing their statements to our point of view, deciding whether or not we're in agreement with them or not, like someone in a debate team, end quote. And, quote, These potentially invalidating opinions, those where you try and fix the problem from your perspective, are something to be aware of, think about and consider in advance of the communication, end quote. Level 5. Empathetic Listening I'm going to start this section with two quotes from the book. Quote, We're not theorizing what we would do or feel in their situation. We're making an effort to try and understand where they're coming from. End quote. And, quote, again, <laughs> In empathetic listening, we react as though we're hearing our partner's story for the first time, even if it's something we've talked about before. End quote. In empathetic listening, you set aside your expectations, beliefs, and prejudices, and slot yourself in the shoes of the other person, and ask yourself not what I would do, but what they would do. Advice to achieve empathetic listening, or the closest possible version of it, includes using, quote, you must feel extremely lonely, rather than, quote, I would feel extremely lonely, as well as not preaching to the other person exactly how you think they feel, like, you're scared, or you're very much exaggerating. To conclude this section, just be sure you're one of the better, less narcissistic levels of conversation. You don't want to be caught dozing off to someone's detailing of a sad moment in their life or flat out ignoring them. Try and think what they would do, put yourself in their shoes, and don't say what you would do, or your judgment of them or the issue. Just be there. Listen. Validation. The author defines validation as, quote, the verbal affirmation and acceptance of the emotions and viewpoints of someone we're communicating with. In other words, making your speaker feel like they're not just being heard but understood and justified. King has a system that encourages validation which he calls the two-step process. It consists of two lovely little steps. First is identifying the emotion. In most conversations in which a person is sharing an anecdote or voicing themselves, they want to have that emotion processed and accepted. Identifying the emotion is simply verbalizing our interpretation of what emotions the speaker is feeling before they outright say it. This shows them that we were both listening and actively processing the words that they are saying. Examples of this include, I can see how upset this has made you. I wonder if you're feeling suffocated right now. Do you think it's fair to say you're feeling confused? By saying something along those lines, you are making a guess, not a divine condemnation. 2. Justifying the emotion. Many think that just because they disagree with how a person is responding to a situation, that they can't justify it since they're not in agreement with it. They're looking at justification wrong. You're not justifying the reaction. You're justifying the act of feeling emotion, and all emotion is inherently justified. Examples of this include, I can totally see where you're coming from, and when you explain it like this, it makes sense that you acted how you did. Now, it is not to say that you should blindly say that everything a person does is okay. That's not what we're doing here. We're setting a foundation of empathy, helping the person acknowledge that they're not alone or crazy for thinking how they do, and only then, if utterly necessary, do we offer our advice. Without the foundation of understanding, 
the conversational skyscraper comes stumbling down. Quote, they already know what they have to do. They just want someone else to hear their experience and reflect it back to them. I didn't touch on all of the topics mentioned in How to Listen with Intention, only some of which I thought were core to its message. I hope you learned something or at least realized the way you can improve about the way you approach conversation. I'm personally still trying to implement these into my own life and it's easier read than done. I personally recommend that you pick up this book, it was amazing, the link is in the show notes below. You'll learn everything you need to be a great listener. Other than that, I don't have much to say. Have an amazing day and consider picking up this lovely book. Thank you for dedicating your time and listening to this episode. Remember, we also have a weekly newsletter, The Book Basement Bulletin. Sign up by going to the link in the show notes or by visiting thebookbasement.substack.com. Also in the show notes, a link to purchase the book I talked about in this episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps us immensely. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at bookbasementpod. That is bookbasementpod. Once again, thank you for stopping by and I hope to see you soon.